Dan in the middle of the E3 season as we bring you this edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by David Fenton. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello there, Barry. And also with us, the producer, Mr. Paul Griffin. I'm the Microsoft of the group. Shy. Pretty good. Uh, the other day. Like, yeah. Uh, I can't think of any jokes. Pipe, pipe anyway. down E3 over there. You haven't, you haven't sent me any stickers though. Uh, how do you do it? I don't know. I put. Oh, you invented hang the on, app. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Explain to people hang what on. you're talking about. Start arguing about who sends who stickers. This is very important grown-up business where. Paul and I swap imaginary stickers on an app. Yeah. Football, yeah. football, World Cup football sticker album. And I'm at, I've got 85%. Yeah. Paul's completed his already. But then you said, I just worked out how to swap it, just send me some stickers. And I replied, how's it work? And then you didn't reply to me. So. Oh, I didn't see that one. <sighs> uh, I don't know how it works. I've done a team request. Right. Maybe you have to go into your swap area. Okay. So I don't... Mm. Mm. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it live on the podcast. Uh, uh, folks, I've been playing some of that Pokemon Go lately. So, um, me too. I'm joking. Oh. I'm joking, by the way. Oh. I, why, oh. why, would I, why would I or anyone ever... Get you out of the house and that. I mean, I do leave the house. I don't need. I, I don't know what state my existence would be in where I needed Pokemon Go to get me out of the house. Um, I have a job mm. to go to first of all. Um, uh, so, so yeah, what you're you're trading your little imaginary uh, 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 World Cup? Are they World Cup cards? I don't even know. Yes, World Cup sticker squads. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry, I, think I don't know the branding. Sorry. All right. Jeez. Very testy. Um, why don't you right? How about this? Why don't you just uh, do the actual physical ones and post them to one another? That costs a fortune, Barry. That's like <laughs> two hundred quid to get the full album. Uh, well, yeah, but like, the, but like, Paul's just like disappeared into like researching uh, uh, the digital ones. Doesn't seem doesn't seem worth the effort. That's fine. If they made it easier, why doesn't this work? Hang on. Uh, yeah, update request for collectors group. <laughs> okay, so team request on that. Right. Yo, I'm going into the team section. Right. What do you want? Have you got it? Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I don't. Let's maybe do this later. <laughs> Shambles. Shambles. Mm, it's the game's fault, really. Yeah. yeah so so what, what, what we've learned is that it's a bad game, it seems like. Unlike Pokemon Go, which is good. Well, I don't know about that. That, that game is, was pretty terrible when it came out. Uh, I'm only one candy away from a Gardevoir, so I'm living life. Uh, why don't you just uh, buy? I'm sure you can buy a candy. Why don't you just suck my balls, Barry? 
Literally. Uh, because, uh, because, uh, because, unlike, uh, because because unlike your pursuit of a candy, there's no desired result of me doing that. So that's a, a mm. to be honest, a terrible suggestion. <laughs> Give me an orgasm, probably. That's not what I want. Is that I gay? Don't I don't even know. Anyway. I don't want you to have one. Also, please oh. do not be so flippantly homophobic on Pride Month. <laughs> Sweet and candy. I just had some lovely toffees. They're very nice. Mm. Yeah. Toffee. Now that's the money candy. Did they have toffees in uh, America, do you reckon? Or just like fizzy, yes, fizzy lemon puke in a little well, tube? Of course they do. They have toffee. Uh, it's probably not good toffee, though, is it? It's probably not good, but they have it. And now they have taffy. Is that's not the same thing? That's that's not even. It sounds the same, but I don't think it's. That's like a, the same thing. Sugary chew. Um, as yeah. is toffee. Where do you live? As is no, toffee. Uh, anyway, uh, it's been it's been a week, folks. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, of of life living and, and and whatnot. If I sound worse than usual, I mean, you know, even if you, even if you have low standards of how I typically sound, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit congested. Um, oh, so you're you're a little yeah. bit marble mouth with my balls in your mouth. So that's gonna yeah, that's gonna help right. things. Because exactly. that was hilarious the first time. So let's move keep. <laughs> <it after. laughs> Um, uh, so if I sound worse than usual, it is because I'm a bit congested. Also, if if uh, if I stop in the middle of a sentence and then everything goes quiet, it's not the internet connection. I've probably just smashed that mute button uh, uh, before coughing up a lung because I'm uh, very phlegmy, uh, very very phlegmy. I'm a bit better. Uh, yesterday and Saturday, I was just frankly disgusting to be around, just in in, in the in the plainest way possible. Uh, which is why uh, I don't think I would have been able to do a show yesterday. Um, very, very run down. It's this scorching weather we're having in Ireland right now is bringing about uh, <laughs> very agitating hay fever symptoms, which kind of sets off my very minor case of asthma that kind of flares up from time to time. I'm just a bit of a bit of a mess uh-huh. at the beginning of summer. So that's good. So it's great, you know. We we it's piss and rain all year, and I have colds all year, and then the sun comes out, and I get I get a sun cold. Um, uh, so that's good. Um, but you gents, you gents making the most of the weather over there, or, or what's up? No, mainly staying indoors. Um, Can't be bothered. No, I think Fair. I think we've been enjoying. I, I think I've had about six barbecue dinners the last week. Every day is barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. Um, I don't think I've eaten so much meat as I have this week in in a seven day period. Um, you know, you got your chicken, burgers, steaks, mm. sausages, everything on the barbie. Um, nom nom nom. And nom. so, are are you manning the grill or what's going on here? Uh, whoever's around doesn't have to be me. I'm definitely eating a lot of it though. Okay, but has it been you? No, no, not all the time. So who has it? Joe, who's this British barbecuer that you have? We have a barbecue out the back garden, and we buy food and we put it on it. And it's it's not necessarily always me who cooks it. I don't know what where the confusion is coming from. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm asking who does does Natty run yeah, it? Yeah, Natty's been on it yeah, a little bit. She's Sorry. she's very better than you know anyone else. She's quite good at cooking. So, um. Had that quite a bit. Uh, didn't today though. Just did some chicken fillets on the old 
George Foreman. Ah, very nice. Ooh, trying to get back on track there. Although I did have some toffees just now, as as I mentioned. Yeah, and a big old bag of toffees. Big old bag of toffees. Um, but yeah, enjoy. Have you, tried, have you tried putting those on the George Foreman to reduce the fat? The top. <laughs> fat reducing machine. Well, what I used to do is oh, remember God. we were talking before. Uh, or maybe I don't remember when we talked about it. Was it before or after we started recording today? I don't know. But the Toffos, a, a sweet that I miss, you know, with all my little, yeah, you know, c- cholesterol congested hands. Heart. Yeah, sticky grubby little bits <laughs> all over them. Well what, well, what I used to do with Toffos was I would take them out of the little wrapper, and I would squeeze them down into little like flat pancakes and then eat them up. I don't yeah, know why. Like little coins. Like oh, little yeah. coins, yeah. We used to do that all the time. And they also had mint, oh, yeah. they had mint flavor toffos. They weren't too bad, I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah they were actually all right. That's been my week. Just barbecue every day. I'm off work today and tomorrow for E3. Barry gave me the idea. Yeah, I, I couldn't... Well... There were other people off um, tomorrow, ah. so I was like, I, I I could have pushed for it if I really wanted. Them. I was like, ah, I'll 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 survive. So I'm back to work tomorrow, but I had today off, so I got I got to watch most of them. Of course, the the real pain, the real kick in the pants, of course, is the thing I want to see most is in the small hours of, of tonight. Uh, Sony obviously they've confirmed they're going to have Last of Us two stuff. Yeah, uh, very likely to be gameplay. So I'm grumpy i can't watch that but i you know i didn't want to then be going into just a fuck ton of stuff to do on wednesday so i was like I, I i hedged my bets a little bit but there you go uh yeah so so e3's underway um talk about that a little bit before we get to that though any other life cuff stuff we wanted to to chat about before we uh before we jump into another segment uh no just uh, i've got to see the uh, world cup starts this year this year Ooh, oh yeah. the show <laughs> We've been going on for several years. <laughs> yeah, it starts this week. I think four months ago. Mm. Well, the opening games Russia, Saudi Arabia, so not that hyped for Thursday. Give that, give that a miss, maybe. Yeah, I'm in a meeting at work anyway, so I'm not. I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. Well, what's the second? What's the second game? What's the second game? Um, I think isn't that that'll be on the Friday, won't it? Yeah, I think it's um, Egypt, Uruguay is the second game. Oh well, then, and then sit down for this one, Joe. Then you got Morocco, Iran. Ooh, the big one, baby! And then the main event of the evening. Uh, these all sound these all sound like countries that WWE would sell its soul to for a <laughs> massive show. Uh, and then Friday of Portugal, Spain. Okay, that's a good one. That'd be a good match. I will sit. I will sit down and watch that one. I will miss the other two because I'll be at work as well. Oh well. Actually, the, the, the Saturday is really good because there's four games on. Yeah, and they're all really good ones. You got France, Australia, Peru, Denmark, Argentina, Iceland, and Croatia, Nigeria. So those all sound very good. I like I like World Cup games where the countries are very kind of diverse. Mm. So like <laughs> on different sides of the planet or just like different cultures. Sure. So like. Peru, Denmark. <gasps> this wow. is kind of like the only tournament, aside from international friendlies, where you get those kind of pairings, because otherwise it's just Europe versus Europe. Yeah. yeah. Etc. otherwise. Um, have you had a little work pool or anything? Do you have a, a financial investment yes. in the team? 
there is a, a little sweepstakes. Okay, okay. Um, I drew out two teams. Uh, first of all, I drew England. Ooh. <clears throat> so, it's good. Sorry, yeah. they're like, uh, I think they're like probably seven or eight favourites. That's not too bad. Uh, and then I drew Argentina. So that's Ooh. pretty good. Ooh. I mean, England and Argentina, that's better than I, I normally get from these sort of things. Yeah. So, well, we had at really work, uh, it's just to pick who you think will win and then to win a prize. Oh. So it's not the same idea. I went uh, France. No. The thinking, France. the thinking being, don't pick something like you know Germany, because then if they win, they have split with everybody else. So go go for one that could win, but won't necessarily be picked by that many people. Uh, yeah. We also did a draw here in the house. Myself, Natty, my brother, friends. Uh, we did we did a draw where we divided up the uh, the thirty two teams among six mm. of us, I think. Uh, and the teams that I got were. Spain, good. Egypt, Mo Salah, right? Uh, Senegal, yeah, probably won't win. Colombia, Hamez, and France, which was the team that I picked up at work. So, Spain and France are kind of my two, my two best ones. Uh, Nati got uh, Belgium, who are pretty good. Morocco, Uruguay. Serbia, Iran, and Tunisia. So there you go. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll be watching a lot of football over the next oh, yeah. month. Oh, yeah. uh, and I did buy some jerseys. I bought two jerseys for the World Cup. Have you really? I did. I bought a Brazil jersey with Neymar on the back because you know, oh, herself is from Brazil, and I bought a France jersey with Pogba on the back, and I bought them from a little Chinese website, so they cost me like twelve dollars each. Sorry, are they are they real? Uh, stolen off the back of a lorry, probably, mate. Ooh, or fake. Kind. I don't really mind. I did not spend eighty euro on one jersey today. Nice. Uh, counterfeit. Don't, hey, don't worry about that, Customs. That's just a little uh, ooh, art piece <laughs> going up on me wall. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm in, I'm, I'm in World Cup fever. I'm in World Cup mm. mode. I'm ready. Jerseys haven't arrived yet, unfortunately, but when they do, we turn on the teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i cheer on a little bit England. Cheering a little bit. Yay! But uh, Ireland, of course, uh, not in the World Cup this time. It's only been the uh, 16, <laughs> 16 years since we were in the World Cup last. That's all right. That's only four World Cups, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. It's only two generations of players. Um, <laughs> yeah, I noticed in the FIFA World Rankings that Republic is actually behind Northern Ireland. Yeah. Oh dear! Ooh, that's that's gonna be embarrassing. They don't no, even have a government. They don't even have abortions. I was just gonna say the game. <laughs> well, that's see, they more they more potential players because they don't have abortions now. You know. So. Ah, okay, yeah. So yeah, so we're those... just just we are just lying them off. And... You're over there 
murder in the next potential Maradona. Yeah. 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 There were there were memes going around on Facebook going, um, I hope you're ready for uh, GAA to basically be ba- you know gone in 20 years because they're going to kill all the potential GAA players. Yeah, I see England are number 12 in the world here. Wales number 18. Then you have Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland. And way down there at the bottom, who is it? Oh, Scotland. <laughs> Ooh. How does Wales are number 18? Are they that good? Uh, we beat them um, a few months ago. They came below us in our qualifying group. So, Someone in FIFA is having their balls sucked by a Welshman, by the sounds of it. All right. You're very, you're very ball sucked. Lick my taint. <laughs> have a go. Have a go on me on me pooper while you're there. Go on. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what what happened to me. Why am I in this mood? Yeah, What's happened? Well, the something's what? getting to you or something. Yeah, sunstroke. Mm. <laughs> He's stroking something. He's been stroking there. <laughs> it must, oh, it must have been all the all the topless fat men I've seen the last week. <laughs> Should <laughs> be all hot and bothered. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. We can we can we can jog on anyway to our our, our features um, uh, uh, for the week. Uh, since we mentioned it there, we might jump into the old game guff here, Paul. Mm, talk sure. about some of the E three goings on. Um, as of this recording, there are two conferences left. Ubisoft are coming up just after we finish this, basically. And then later on uh, this evening, as mentioned, we have Sony. Don't forget the PC gaming show as well. The PC gaming show. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. I hope they show theme park and football manager. It's going to be just uh, Bitcoin mining oh. um, uh, this year. But yeah, we got all that coming up. Uh, thus far, I think it has been a solid enough set of conferences. Yeah. Uh, Although, hmm, maybe nothing. Like, I thought Microsoft has been the best so far, but even they were not quite blow away, I don't think. Um, but I've enjoyed more or less everything. I think I think this is the year where I just really admitted to myself, I was like, okay, EA will just never have a good conference, ever. They will no. just never, ever have a good 60 to 90 minute presentation where they don't drag the arse out of something for longer than it's needed or, or you know... I, I couldn't believe the amount of time they dedicated on that phone game. Uh, yeah, with the the uh, two the two lads playing against each other. The two are, yeah. are they famous? Are they well known? I have no idea. I, I don't know because they're kind of esports people. It was every it was every cliche thing you don't want in an E three presentation. They had a shoutcaster. Shoutcasters playing playing a phone game, which is always terrible on stage. Always, they're always so hard to demonstrate. Look, it's a phone game. People can download it for free and play it for themselves. Like it doesn't it doesn't uh, display very well. I mean, it's Command and Conquer, so that was like a, which they only revealed afterwards. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, it, it at least that's a bit of a positive because people want that. But I don't know if it'll be any good on phones. But yeah, I mean, their sports stuff was inoffensive. But again, it's just there's only so much you can say. Um, so yeah, um, once again, I felt like the, the, the kind of indie devs they had for EA were a little bit more personable, um, uh, but, but nothing, nothing especially newsworthy on the, on the EA side of things. 
Um, big, big uh, uh, apology tour with regards to loot boxes. I think there were two mentions of no loot boxes. Yeah, um, Battlefield uh, and uh, what was the other one later on? Some other one. They had they had a they had a presentation of, of a Battlefront a Star Wars guy coming out and going. I'm sorry, I'm trying to remove it. Um, <laughs> uh, basically saying we're fixing it, we're fixing it, which I think I think that ship has sailed. But I think they're they're doing their best to rebuild it because that's that was once upon a time a valuable name. You know that first one in 2015 was like this gangbusters uh, thing, and then the second one was just this, this kind of catastrophe of PR. Um, so yeah, that was that. Uh, what was after that? I'm trying to think what was the second. Bethesda um, was the second one yesterday. Or was it? Or was it Microsoft? Oh, sorry, Microsoft first, then Bethesda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Microsoft was really good. I thought, I thought that was like one of their best ones they've done uh, in years. Yeah, I thought it was um, kind of everything I would want if I was a, an Xbox owner. Mm. We had, you know, most impressively, kind of the indie game investment they bought a uh, ninja theory obviously being one of the biggest shocks i think of the show i couldn't believe that i was very shocked yeah um, obviously i i sang the the praises of hellblade on here numerous times last year is one of my favorite games of last year and the idea that um whatever their next thing is um being an xbox exclusive um would, would certainly tempt me over also they it's weird because when they put that out they were like we're trying to kind of occupy the space between indie and and triple a because you know that game was 40 dollars regular retail price it was like eight hours long it was an mm. open world but it was very it was very pretty looking like it was it really was a halfway house between a small game and a big game but then they got bought by microsoft and they put us in going oh we we want to make bigger games you know with bigger budgets and less and you know more security it's like mm, okay i was kind of intrigued by what you were going for before but um, they bought the people who, and they also bought people who I thought that they had acquired ages ago, like the State of Decay people. Apparently, yeah. they didn't know them until until now. Um, and and uh, uh, the team making We Happy Few, which I actually forgot about. Um, uh, so yeah, um, Crackdown Three still around. Um, so, it's co- they finally announced it's coming February. Uh, yeah, uh, with a really great Terry Crews model. Terry Crews just played himself, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they've named his character, but he's just being allowed Terry Crews. Um, um, so, so that was that looked good. Obviously, that's that seems like that's been like a really torturous development, but it looks like if it's finally coming out, that's good. Um, you know, Sea of Thieves DLC, New Forza looks great. Um, it's one of their Horizon games, which are like the less simmy. Like I have no interest in the ones that are like. Gran Turismo, that's not my kind of thing. Uh, the Horizon games always seem like they're a bit more my cup of tea. Um, trying to think what else was there. Is there any, any surprises at that thing that, that are escaping? I mean, Cyberpunk was the big one at the end. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I, I would hesitate to say it looks great because it, there was no gameplay, it was just a cinematic teaser, but I'm ex- definitely excited about it. Uh, Halo, Gears of War. The, the Gears of War reveal is really strange because first they showed up the Gears of War logo, and then immediately went into like the Pop Funko, Funko Pop uh, deal. That was all backwards. Like, why do the Gears of War reveal first? Show the logo and have the 
and then afterwards they are and also you know we're expanding the gears of war universe into like funko pop yeah and gears gears tactics and blah blah but they first did the funko thing and i i was like oh is there not a gears of war new game and then they went to it afterwards it was really strange yeah it's very weird and also that <laughs> the gear I'm, I'm assuming it is an actual there are actual funkos coming but the, the funko thing is a game that's yeah. the, that was the thing that surprised me. It was like it was like oh, I was like oh, okay, they're making Gears Funkos, whatever. It was like no, it's it's a mobile. It's like, it's like game, a mobile right? game, yeah. iOS. And um, and they announced mm-hmm. the full-on sequel, Gears Five. And also, the thing that interested me is they they're making what looks like an XCOM type thing, but in the Gears universe. I was like, that looks great. Yeah. Um. Uh, so give that a go. Uh, yeah, new Halo thing. I've never been a Halo guy at all. Um. Uh, yeah, the cyberpunk thing was very much just a, a like a theme or a tone setting kind of um, uh, uh, trailer, but it was it was really wild. There was so there was like it was like just a minute and a half, but every scene there was something crazy happening. It was I thought it was really awesome for 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 a complete lack of gameplay and it, and no no indication that it'll even be out in the next eighteen months. Um, I thought it was a very cool thing. Yeah. And that's just overall the presentation had a real good kind of pace to it, and they announced fifty game, well fifty one with Cyberpunk, um, quite a few exclusives, um, and yeah, a lot, there was a lot of little, especially a lot of the little indie games looked kind of, but kind of fun, and maybe something that I would uh, delve into if I if I had again an Xbox, which I don't have, and I have no plans on buying one, but it was still a very very good conference. Yeah, every every year their 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 presentations get better, and I kind of think oh, I should get like a, just like a cheap pre-owned Xbox or something. Um, that Game Pass service just seems like the best. I mean, it seems like such an incredible value. Yeah. Um, um, it's, the main thing, I mean, it's got so it's like a Netflix-esque service where they rotate games in and out of it. It's ten quid a month, um, and like as well as as well as just offering you loads of Xbox One games. All their, their backwards compatible stuff is on there. Um, and they have more or less all of their first party stuff is on there. And most importantly, every new game that's first party that comes out is on that service same day as release, which to me is just absolutely crazy. Um, so that when, you know, Crackdown comes out, if you have an Xbox, you can just subscribe to that service and play Crackdown for a tenor, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, that is a, that's fantastic. And I, I, I would love that service. But, you know, again, it's just the whole thing of, like this, okay. There's some cool things coming, but ultimately, the vast majority of things I want to play are going to be on all the platforms, and I, I just don't see the need to, to. It's just out of reach. You know what I mean? Like I'm constantly impressed by by the corrections they've made over the course of the generation, but not enough to to drop money on another console. And uh, yeah, I still don't think there's another... there's enough that I don't get on PlayStation to warrant buying an Xbox. You know. Like yeah. in the last generation, I had a 360 originally, and um, and then eventually when I moved to France, I got I got the PS3 because there were so many games that I wanted to play that I couldn't play on Xbox. Whereas this time round, there still isn't, I would say, any games that are out on Xbox that I I would go as far as to buy a new console just to play that I can't yeah. play already on PlayStation. And the other thing as well is like you know you get a new Xbox. That's also another set of subscriptions. You got if you know if you want Game Pass and then Xbox Live and stuff like that. You know it's mm-hmm. yeah yeah. So but still you know good stuff. Um, then Bethesda 
Bethesda was a bit weird, I thought. I People seemed to like it. I wasn't crazy about it. Um, uh, we had a very awkward Andrew WK performance. Dreadful stuff. Um, with the, well, I didn't think he was dreadful, but it was just like people in the crowd. <laughs> I do. Th- I, I do think he's dreadful. Really? Yeah. I think he's all right. I think he's inoffensive. Um, oh, also, Devil May Cry Five. Sorry, was that was that Microsoft? But I don't know if anyone's. I don't know you or I are particularly big into that, but uh, but Bethesda. Um, they are making a weird Elder Scrolls phone game. Yeah, Blades. Which doesn't really seem like the type of thing I would... Even if it's purpose-built for phones, I just don't know if that's something I'd want to play on a phone. Um, but that's that's just me. Uh, they confirmed a sequel to Doom, uh, which is great. Um, no gameplay or anything like that. They just said, hey, we're making it. Um, Wolfenstein. Did you ever finish Wolfenstein 2 or play Wolfenstein 2? I never even played it. Okay. Well, it's great. Uh, they confirmed... a. a sequely standalone DLC thingy not quite sure what it is again they were previous years actually I think last year everything they had was out in the following six months because they announced Wolfenstein and like Evil Within 2 like last E3 and those were both out by Christmas um, Fallout 4 was announced and then released that that holiday this this was the opposite this was like uh, Sony where they're announcing just <laughs> Far off concepts that are sort of that are like seemingly in pre-production, like Doom. They just showed basically a CG trailer. Um, they confirmed they're working on a non-Fallout, non-Elder Scrolls RPG. Yeah, uh, Starfield. Starfield. Which, which just they, just which, make, just makes me think of Garfield. Yeah. It's so so that, that was the first thing. Yeah. Uh, that game is so far off that they uh, they even referred to it as next gen, which I don't know if that was intentional or not. Um, and then they said they confirmed they're making Elder Scrolls 6 again just a logo literally just a logo that's all they showed um, and they said that that is after Starfield yeah. and Starfield was also a game where they just showed a logo so I think like Elder Scrolls 6 is like a 2021 game something like that um, if even uh, if, if even that and I, I would say that is almost certainly a whatever the next generation of consoles is or whatever iteration they are which is interesting because that would mean that there hasn't been a single Elder Scrolls game across this, like proper new Elder Scrolls game across this seven year cycle or whatever it turns out to be. Because the last one, Skyrim, was a PS3 game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's. it's um, and they would have just released the then Fallout 4 and 76, I suppose. Whereas in the last, you know, last generation, we got two Elder Scrolls games and two Fallout games. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And I think. I think obviously part of that is, and it's part of why people thought maybe they won't even make Elder Scrolls Six on this generation at all or announce it. It's just that the uh, the online game is apparently, you know, it it started to flop hard, but I think then they went free to play. Apparently, it's that's now doing really well, mm. and so I don't think they. I, so I think they want to ride that for for several more years. Because sure. uh, I mean, I would imagine that those servers will turn into ghost towns the second a proper single player Elder Scrolls game comes out. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but that's cool, and, I, and, and I'm intrigued by the idea of them doing something new, but they did not, other than it being sci-fi spacey, they did not say a single thing about uh, Starfield. No, the uh, thing with the last two announcements being Starfield and Elder Scrolls came off like, um, number one, because they didn't really have any other announcements, like Rage got spoiled 
by the oh yeah, that's the, true, Wal- yeah. the Walmart leak. So they didn't really have, aside from the weird Elder Scrolls mobile game and Doom, they didn't really have any announcements of new games. They're all kind of spin-offs or extra DLC packs or stuff like this. Uh, so maybe they felt obliged to kind of tack something at the end to say, you know, make it feel like newsworthy that there is something on the horizon. Uh, or maybe even just to kind of get out in front of future leaks, <laughs> like future Walmart leaks to say, like, well, you've heard it from us. We're working on the Scroll 6 to avoid a future uh, recurrence of what happened to them this time with Rage, etc. Uh, Rage 2, they did actually show, after the concert, they did actually show gameplay. I, I think that looks really fun. It does. Uh, kind of a little bit Borderlands-y, a little bit of Mad Max. Obviously, it's Avalanche making it. They did Mad Max, um, which was not perfect, but I really enjoyed it. Um, lots of wacky weapons and stuff like that. The tone seems a little bit weird. Like So, they, I mean, the reason Andrew WK is there, because they're seemingly using his songs throughout the soundtrack, it's a little mm. bit... Um, well, I reference Borderlands. It's a little bit Borderlands. It's a little bit quippy, a little bit wacky. I'm not sure I'm into that. But the actual gameplay they showed was was pretty neat. Um, so yeah, that was it. Like I said, the phone thing was weird. I didn't, like, I just doesn't seem like anything I touched. Console ports of Fallout Shelter, which was just a, I, I just thought that was a really crappy fucking Hoover money out of your pockets base building game. Um, do you have any interest in Fallout 76 now that they've kind of confirmed what it is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely would be more interested in the play it solo side of things, which they kind of mm. made mention of that you can play it that way. That's kind of just what I would be into is more Fallout. I don't really care to play with anyone else. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, if you're going to be getting it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, more Fallout sounds good to me. I, I still like to see a little bit more of it in terms of, like, you know, how intensive the, like, is VATS coming back, and, like, how many quests are going to be, are, are the quests more, you know, gang-related, like, to have a group of people, or, or is it more still tailored towards, you know, is it is it a proper mix of stuff that you can do alone versus that? Yeah, because the one thing that I thought was missing from the trailer... Or not, not, not even trailer, they just, they were, like, walking through the mechanics and talking, and, you know, it was an extended kind of run through of what the game is there was you never you never saw a, a conversation with an npc um or a dialogue wheel or any of that stuff and they were emphasizing how your characters in this thing are the first people to come out of the vault so hypothetically they are the ones who in you know they will establish the societies that your later characters in like fallout 3 and 4 will be meeting so i was mm-hmm. like I'm not big into Fallout anyway, but I looked at that and I was like, it doesn't seem like the story stuff, which I kind of like best about Fallout, is necessarily going to be a thing here. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, that was not something they really addressed at all. It was all very kind of uh, mechanical and, and what you'd be doing. It Plus, they said, you know, the emphasis on the base building, which I did not enjoy at all in Fallout 4. Um, I don't know. I, I, as someone who's kind of lukewarm on, on Fallout, I, I was like, this is definitely not, not for me. Um, people, people who are into Fallout seem into it. So that's all right. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was all right. It was overall, it was an all right uh, thing. Uh, and then just before we did this, we had Square Enix. Uh, yes, Square Enix, um, which was not much of anything really. Um, Tomb Raider uh, and a load of Final Fantasy likes 
for a lot of a lot of kind of uh, uh, Japanese RPG stuff. So the Tomb Raider stuff, I like those Tomb Raider games. I still haven't finished that second one. This one just, I'm gonna get it because it looks good and those games are are really fantastic. But it really just looks like here's another one of these. Sure. Um, uh, uh, like they were, like they were, they, they were running through the mechanics. Like, oh, here's Lara climbing a tree, and oh, you could pick up a gas canister and turn it into it. It's like, yeah, that's that's in the last one. That's not that's not a new mechanic. And oh, here she is leaping out of a tree and stabbing. It's just like these, yes, these are the mechanics of the video game that you've already released two of. Um, but that's stuff I that I would expect in any kind of third party or excuse me, third person, you know, action adventure game. That's action adventure. Yeah, that's what I expect. Um, yeah. It's like yeah, I was like, "Where's the?" Because actually, the the crafting stuff was kind of more emphasized in the second one, so I guess that was it. But it's like even the location kind of looks similar to what's been in the previous two games. I don't know. I, I it's like, hmm. it's like I I my main my main question coming out of that press conference was, "Did you really need it?" Because Tomb Raider was kind of one of the big things, and they already showed that some of that at Microsoft, and they like I said, they really didn't have something that wowed you and made you go, "Oh wow, this is a whole new thing." Um. Uh, and and the big I, th- I think the big talking point about this was what was not at it rather than what was at it. So there was no Final Fantasy, um, yeah. as in Final Fantasy VII. Rather, that's that's the Very big right. thing everyone yeah. wants. They had they, they had they had a, a Final Fantasy Monster Hunter crossover, and they had a Final Fantasy XIV, uh, which is the MMO, uh, the, you know, the new content. They had a that Dragon fine, Quest like, crossover you know, as well, I think. Dragon Quest, yeah, that's right. And they showed some uh, a new Dragon Quest game, which is very popular in its own right. It's fair enough. But obviously, the masses are clamoring for a sign of life from the people who are making Final Fantasy VII, a distress signal, uh, 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 some, some, some kind of Morse code to indicate that they have been fed. Um, uh, and that, that game continues to be conspicuous by its absence. Possibly at Sony tonight, but again, the question becomes why even have a... a, a a dedicated Square Enix stream, if that's the if that's where you're at, um, and also completely conspicuous by its absence is this uh, uh, Avengers project, yeah, um, uh, which I which they have not said anything about since they announced it in January of 2017, I believe, um, which which was literally just a logo, like a or not even a not even a logo. They said we are working with Marvel to make a game. Um, and that was that, um, and I, I don't expect that at Sony. That because Sony's already got Spider Man. So um, uh, yeah, so people keep uh, seem a bit grumpy about that. And I, I, I thought it was not it was kind of a waste of time. I mean, Just Cause gameplay again. Just Cause and Tomb Raider were both at Microsoft, so it was a little uh, a, a little weird. And also, you know, I, I don't care about Kingdom Hearts because I'm not a, a deviant. <laughs> also, it looks shit. I don't understand. I don't. I. I, I don't, don't get, get it. The, it's just. It is one of those things you either get or you don't, and I think it's. it's we obviously. Don't. I think you kind of have to be. I think you have to kind of be grandfathered in from a, from childhood, basically. Yeah. Which, if you were, I mean, I was. I was the perfect age when those things came out. For whatever reason, I just never. I just looked at it and go, oh, this is a JRPG. It's not a JRPG, but I looked at it as a teenager. But, oh, what's this? Some fucking JRPG thing with Mickey Mouse pass. I know it's like more of a, a platform action game, but um, yeah, that seems to be, I mean, that really does seem to be what it is, because most of the people I know who are crazy excited for it are people who played it on the PS2 15 mm. years ago sure. um, and want more. Um, seems, I mean, it seems like a cool idea. I watched that trailer, it's like, oh, hey, Wreck-It Ralph, Toy Story Worlds, it's all fun, but I just have no desire to actually It was very funny game. as well, because when they uh, showed it initially um, at the, was it the Microsoft conference? 
it had no, it had no sound effects. It just was music with the voiceover, and it was very strange. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, at Square Enix, it was slightly better, but there were still there were still scenes where there was no there yeah. was no. Uh, it was weird. I don't know if that was on purpose or what. But anyway, yeah, that was Square Enix. Um, and so yeah, Ubisoft shortly, and then Sony. Um, I hope we get a new Splinter Cell at Ubisoft. I think it's time. Yeah. I'm looking forward to some Assassin's Creed news as well because I really enjoyed that oh, last yes, one. Yeah. Uh, a screenshot leaked of of um, Odyssey, of the new it, right? yeah, and it it looks very like Origins mm. except like more colorful and uh, it looks great. Um, I'm excited. I should, God, I should, I should get back to that that Origins to finish it. Anyway, I I still have to play uh, the second DLC pack, which I will do. Once I finish, I can't believe. It. I think I was. I think I was on this show singing that game's praises for ages, and then you got it, and you've completely. <laughs> Lapped me times ten and played, I platinumed it. it, and played it. So <laughs> yeah, I've I don't even think I'm halfway through it. I just I got kind of sidetracked. Oh, it's so. It became fun. one of those things, and it's like, it's okay, so well, good. now it's been so long, I just can't go back to it. Well, you um, can, you can drag yourself back. To it. I can, no, I can, and I probably will. I probably will. Um, uh, but yeah, and Ubisoft is always good uh, for the memes. Um, <laughs> so that, that that conference will be good, and Sony, I expect to be, I expect to be good. Uh, open for I mentioned Last of Us, but also open for more. That's trending. Uh, more in-depth Spider-Man stuff. The the last Sp- uh, Spider-Man gameplay was awesome, but it was very. Here's a very scripted E3 sequence. Sure. I would kind of like similar to what they did with Fallout seventy six. I would like to say here's like what the game is, and here's here's what open world is, and here's what a side mission is, and here's what a story mission is, and you know I I, wa- I want to actually see what the game is beyond just. A, a boss fight and a QTE, you know what I mean? I, I right. want to see a bit more. Sure. Um, yeah, Death Stranding, who knows? Maybe they'll show gameplay, maybe they'll just show another fucking uh, art house film um, <laughs> with fucking Sears Road in it, because why not? I don't know. Pick a pick an actor, throw her in there. Um, who knows? Um, don't th- I, I think they've confirmed, like, those three games and one other game I can't remember. What was the like the samurai game they showed yeah, last year? Uh, Sushima. What's what's that? Mm. I can't. I can't remember. It's I, the, I can't it's remember the Insomniac one, game, like, right? I, yes, yeah. So so the Insomniac game, Spider Man, Last of Us, and Death Stranding. They've confirmed those are the four big things they are showing, and I think they're. I think they they said they're making changes to their format. I think they're doing a kind of shorter, tighter show. So I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot else. Um, but yeah, so we'll and we'll follow up next week with more thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so far so good. Um, not a lot of stuff for this year, I'm noticing, and that's actually uh, uh, maybe where Sony might surprise us. Spider Man is this year, but all their other stuff is not dated. So uh, I, although I don't expect Last of Us or or Death Stranding to be this year, Death Stranding, who fucking knows when that will be? That could be um, another. That could be like Cyberpunk. That could be a. a Oh no! Sorry, G- Ghost of Tsushima is is Sucker Punch, not Insomniac. Sucker Punch. That was, of course, yeah. I always mix those two up. Yeah. So do I. So do I. Uh, the infamous guys. Um. Yeah, Insomniac are doing Spider Man. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh, uh. Solid stuff there across the board so far, uh, and we'll report back next week with more. Um. Have you? Forget about the video games of tomorrow. What about the video games of today? Have you been playing much this week? Play a load of video games of today, lad. Go on. I run through them quickly. Uh, still tipping away at God of War. Um, feel like I'm maybe two thirds through it. 
Um, I'm just uh, coming off the bit where you're on, not no spoilers, obviously, but the bit where you're on the, the boat, the big ship in oh, yes, Helheim. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I am story-wise. Um, I also, this week, uh, since they put out a free trial for it, downloaded FIFA 18 to give that a whirl. Because uh, obviously I've, I've been playing Pez the last two years, but I'm starting to get an itch for a different style of football game. And so I gave FIFA a whirl. I think FIFA satisfies what I need more at the moment than Pez does. I, I'm getting a little frustrated with Pez's kind of lack of options and lack of like in-depth stuff to their games like in in the actual playing of football that's where pez is very strong but in terms of everything else to do with it being a video game it's very very limited and fifa has like an, an abundance of features and options and stuff that i i'm really enjoying so i'm just getting i've played that a couple of hours since yesterday and i'm i'm properly enjoying it i probably won't pay for it so once the trial is kind of up then i'll delete it but i'll probably go for fifa 19 next year rather than pez uh, Champions League license which, as well, which they announced uh, at E3. Um, and also, I played a couple of Switch indie games that maybe I can recommend. The first game is called uh, Subsurface Circular. Oh, yes, yeah, you mentioned this, yeah. Uh, Subsurface Circular is a Mike Bithel game, uh, which is a. It's actually very fun, given that I think I mentioned last week. It has it has like no gameplay in it. It's just uh, dialogue trees. Uh, you you essentially play a a robot sitting on a metro carriage, and you interrogate ro- other robots who come in and out to find out details about this disappearance. And uh, despite it being kind of limited in that way, it still does a great job of building this like story and this world outside of the outside of the metro car and uh yeah it's, it's like two hours long but i thought it was really interesting and really fun and even within the dialogue trees you get these kind of special like focus points that you can try to use on different characters to see if you can get like special information that you can only get from certain people it's very good and it's split up into like these seven chapters and each chapter has a different kind of tone to it almost and yeah it's it's great albeit very short it is great and because of the switch's um gold coins uh system you know when you buy a game oh, yeah. on switch you get i got i got the game for like two euro sixty that's, that's which, right. which is a deal for two hours um, for a two hour game yeah for a two hour game two euros fine you know it's very very good would i would recommend uh and then the second game i'm playing on switch this week is called the sexy brutal I don't know. Have you heard of I this game? Realize that was on this. I have that game. I got it. Uh, oh, in a in a Christmas sale on PS4. Uh, that was one of the games I got last year, including Assassin's Creed, that came with a free CD soundtrack that I cannot play on my PS4. Um, oh dear. Yeah, like please, Sony. Either like, if you can't fix that, then tell people to put codes in their boxes rather than CDs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got it. I haven't got around to playing it. I've heard it's great. I was not aware it was on the Switch. That seems like it'd be because I have PS4. I I think it'd almost be an ideal Switch game. But yeah, uh, how are you finding it? It's a lot of fun. Um, for those who don't know about it, it's uh, like um, it's like Groundhog Day meets uh, Pluto. Cluedo, yeah, that's a very, very good way of putting it. You, you, well, to an extent, you're not like investigating crimes. You just 
play a character who finds himself in this mansion slash casino and all the people in the casino are caught in this 12 hour time loop uh, aside from you so when you go through your 12 hours you spend your 12 hours looking around um, for items and for people in the different areas of the mansion and then when the clock hits 12 everything resets back to 12 hours before except the progress that you've made in your 12 hours you keep so the different rooms you've investigated are still shown on your map and you can use that to track characters' movements. Like you have a little slider on your map screen, which is over across the 12 hours. And you can see the little characters moving around on the map. And you can use that to kind of put yourself in the right position at the right time to kind of look through a keyhole and get bits of uh, a conversation or like a overhear someone talking about a key code to go into this room over here. And Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. It's like almost roguelike in that aspect and that you're kind of doing the same the same level across the same 12 hours like five or six times but each time is like completely different because you're looking for you're got you're going in a different direction let's say and uh yeah i've i think i've done just like the first three murders like your goal essentially is to prevent the murder so you're you first of all are kind of trying to say okay well what's happening how does the person get killed and then you're going back in time and saying okay well let me let me keep an eye on then the murderer see what way they go and Seeing if you can find an item that will prevent it. Like in the very first one, I think you find a, a, like a, a, a blank for a gun. And you get to the gun basically before the murderer takes and you put the blank in it. And then you go hide and you can see the murder. Like you had seen the murder happen four times before the time resets. And then finally you see that it doesn't happen. And you, you've altered history basically. Uh, and each time you do that, each time you prevent a murder, you uh, unlock also a, a special power or special ability that allows you to do more things in the game. So, uh, also really, really good. Yeah, um, as you say, like the perfect Switch game because it's uh, it's not graphically too intense. I, I have noticed that the loading time sometimes can be a little long, but um, it's like perfect pick up and play, you know, just for 15 minutes here and there. It's really great. Mm. Uh, so buy both of those if you have a Switch. It does cost you like a combined tenner or something. <laughs> They're both real good. Uh, and that'll do it for our uh, game guff this week. Uh, anyone seen any movies? Um, I've not seen any movies. I've had a very quiet week. I've just been sick and working. Uh, and actually, uh, uh, like I uh, had a, like a work thing um, on Friday that was pretty fun. But I probably shouldn't have gone out because I was extremely wheezy and sick. And so I didn't really do anything else. And so I've been like comfort watching like I'm Alan Partridge all weekend rather than watching any new TV. Uh-huh. Shows um, <laughs> uh, oh, a little bit of bush. Um, <laughs> so uh, I have not watched any new movies or television programs. Uh, what about you, lads? What have you watched? I watched a movie. Well, a documentary, which cool. is a movie. Um uh, yeah, it's called uh, Bobby Robson, More Than a Manager. It's a new documentary about former England manager Bobby Robson, who probably the last kind of great English manager. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's been anyone since who's actually won anything. Um, but he managed the England national team. He also managed lots of kind of big European teams like Barcelona and Porto and uh, uh, others. Um, so it's a documentary about him. It features a lot of kind of big names from football that he influenced, like uh, Jose Mourinho, uh, the original Ronaldo, uh, Pep Guardiola, 
uh, and others. Um, it's, it was quite a, an interesting watch, you know. I do. Bobby Robson is famously a very kind of nice man, um, admired yeah. and loved by sort of everyone that worked with him. Um, so it's quite interesting, but as a documentary, because yeah, he's a very nice guy, it's not a kind of compelling watch about like a flawed, you know, character like like you sometimes get with sporting documentaries. Um, so it was it was kind of interesting. A lot of it's about his battle with cancer, kind of through the the nineties, and he was you know still managing all these big teams even after coming back from cancer diagnosis, which was interesting. Um, but again, there's not that kind of edge to it or that sort of intrigue, um, and it doesn't kind of go warts and all. It's quite a favourable documentary. Um, but if you are interested in football or you know familiar with Bobby Robson, I'd recommend giving it a watch. Um, still, still quite an interesting football documentary. Uh, but I give it kind of you know seven out of ten, not a not ten out of ten banger. Right. Yeah, it's good. Whenever I think of Bobby Robson, I always think of the kind of bittersweet poem that Paul Gascoigne wrote for him. Do you remember that? No. It was, it was called like "To Sir Bobby from Daft as a Brush" or something. Hang on. No. Because it was it was like really quite sweet. Um, but at the same time, like so poorly written that it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, whenever I think of Bobby Robson, that's what I think of. Like, oh, I have it here. So, to Sir Bobby, I won't read the whole thing, but to Sir Bobby from Daft as a Brush, Paul Gascoigne. When I was twelve, I met a man called Bobby. It was at it, it was in Ipswich in a lobby. So the, already the rhyming. A little bit off. Well, I'm not take, I won't take the piss out of Paul Gascoigne because obviously he had a very deep relationship with Bobby Robson, like almost, almost like a father-son relationship. Um, but whenever I do think of Bobby Robson, I do think of that poem. I thought it just sticks in my head, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, I saw a couple of movies this week. Also, starting with uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, the new Jurassic World movie. Ooh. Oh yeah. Uh, so let me go out on a limb here and say I really liked the first Jurassic World. Why? Uh, I kind of don't know why. I, I I'm just kind of a mark, kind of a mark. Like I I kind of like all the Jurassic Park movies. Uh, <laughs> Lost World, oh, no. Lost World. I think <laughs> Lost World. <laughs> there is was a, one good one. Lost World. <laughs> yeah, is, Lost good. World is a little boring. Um, given. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Jurassic Park 3 is 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 a fun enough movie. Oh, and Jurassic gosh. World I liked as well. Fallen Kingdom is kind of the first one where I, I, I can say it, it's bad. Um, How bad must this one be? <laughs> I know that even I don't like it. Um, it's it's really bad. Which is funny because a lot of the critical acclaim, or acclaim, but the critical reception has been pretty positive for it. That I, I've seen it getting almost unanimously like three star reviews. Um yeah it's uh I think the problem with the Jurassic Park movies is that you you have to kind of have at the core of it for it to work the the theme park kind of concept right the conceit of it being a theme park with dinosaurs is pretty central to the film's kind of success uh and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has like nothing to do with the theme park at all it's just uh to run through the plot very quickly, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt get roped up again into a, a plot to rescue dinosaurs from this 
volcanic island where they're all living. Which, uh, if you've seen the trailer, you will realize actually is turns to turn out to be uh, uh, a double cross, and that the dinosaurs are actually being auctioned off to the highest bidder for like military reasons and blah blah blah. Um, so the first half of the movie is like the rescue from the island, and it's just so boring. Um, a lot of the secondary characters that are introduced are like brand new to this movie. There's almost, aside from the two that I mentioned, there's almost no crossover from the first movie, the first Jurassic World movie. I mean, uh, so you have like Justice Smith appears. Uh, he's not good in it at all. He plays like comic relief, but has like no funny lines. Um, yeah. And yeah. There, there. As Jurassic Park always has, there has to be kids in it, and there's a little girl in it who's kind of annoying, as the, as the boys really were in the first Jurassic World. And um, the second half of the movie takes place almost completely in this like mansion, and um, I don't know. It, it just there were too many little things that annoyed me. I think Chris Pratt really wasn't trying here. He had, mm. he obviously put all his effort into Infinity War. He's just on like, <laughs> he's having a snooze during this one, um, and just a lot of the dialogue I thought was was quite bad. A lot of the set pieces were like questionable. You know, I think I don't remember which movie I've made this point about, but I think I made it quite recently. Is that when you have heroes who are constantly doing like stupid things that are the cause of their problems? it's kind of hard to root for them. Uh, and this movie has a lot of that. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Chris Pratt as well is, especially in this one, more so than the first one, isn't written to be particularly funny. I don't feel like they mm. use Chris Pratt to the best of his ability. Like, he he kind of is perfect for Star-Lord because that's kind of what he is. And then in Fallen Kingdom, he plays more of a, more of a stoic kind of hero and I'm not sure he works in that role um, so yeah I don't know also the 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 new the new dinosaur because you had in the in the last Jurassic world the Indominus Rex here there's a new one again um, which is apparently is supposed to be the Indominus kind of DNA mixed with a, a Velociraptor to give you the Indoraptor. Ooh. But it, it they just treat it like a raptor in the movie. It, it's, it's, it's a slightly bigger raptor. It has no extra skills or... Like in the first movie, Jurassic World, you had... Sorry, you had that it could like hide its heat signature and stuff so they couldn't see it. You know, stuff like that. Here, it doesn't have any of that. It has... That's not true. What? It actually has four long legs, and the raptor doesn't. Oh, it's basically Lord, a big man. raptor. It's basically a big raptor, and they—I think they mentioned in the movie something about like the great, great sense of smell and stuff. But then there's a scene where they're like hiding behind a pillar, and he's on the other side, and it doesn't know it's there. It's stupid. Anyway, Jurassic World, I would avoid. I thought it stank. Uh, very disappointed, given that I'm a Mark who likes the other ones. Uh, and then I watched some Dan Brown movies, uh, start, uh, starting with the Da Vinci Code, uh, okay. which Joe would have watched as part of his uh, Tom Hanks marathon, I, I assume. Uh, yeah, I'd actually watched it before the marathon, just because... 
from Mark. Uh, well, I I kind of unironically enjoy those books anyway. Uh, oh yeah, I read the I read Da Vinci Code twice. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm currently reading The Lost Symbol. Uh, I'm kind of to the end of it now, but that's kind of what got me in the mood to watch these movies because I'd never seen the movies. I've read all the mm. books, obviously. Uh, up to Lost Symbol. I haven't, I haven't read Inferno or whatever the one after that was. Um, but yeah, I stuck Da Vinci Code on. I made the mistake of watching the extended edition, which okay. is three hours long. Um, I thought I was watching a Marvel movie for a minute. Um, but I kind of think that the Da Vinci Code has almost kind of like a, like it has a great plot to it. You know, I mean, despite the obvious... Mm. inconsistencies with like what's portrayed as true and what isn't i i kind of really like the the central conceit of it and the twists and turns it takes i i kind of think it's really good in that way um that being said the movie version of it is kind of boring at points um and tom hanks hair is ridiculous in it He's got like a a flowing mullet in it. (laughs) I actually recall this. I haven't seen the movie, but I remember from when it came out. (laughs) Um, God. And I I think that, um, is it Audrey Tattoo who's in it? Wee Wee. Wee Wee. I think she's poor in it as well. Mm. Just read the book. She usually is. I think she's, I mean, I think Jean Reno is very good in it. Ah, uh, Joanna. Yes, yes, yeah. I don't think she's good, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think Da Vinci Code has a plot which is, if anything, kind of underrated. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think a lot of people are, are are quick to kind of brush it off as as nonsense, but it's kind of like so. So is the plot of you know any sci-fi movie for the most part you know i think with with some movies you just kind of have to accept certain yeah. t- truths that the movie puts forward and then i kind of think that the vichy code has is really strong in that aspect i started watching haven't finished yet angels and demons as well the sequel mm. although the book is mm. a prequel um or the, excuse me the book was written before the vichy code uh mm. and i think angels and demons so f- i'm about half an hour into it i think it suffers from the fact that it doesn't have that kind of really compelling plot it's just yeah. kind of, it's just really boring <laughs> so yeah like the the very beginning of the movie of angels demons is that this italian like vatican police uh comes to robert langdon's uh office and he has like a print off of the illuminati ambigram where it's like written the same upside down yeah and that's immediately like Oh my god, we have to go to the Vatican, as opposed to it being something that you'd find on someone's like deviant art page. Um so that's already a bit too much of a step for me to kind of accept. But yeah, I'm just I'm just not really enjoying Angels and Demons. The Vinci Code I could kind of hack because I, I again I think the plot is actually better than it gets credit for. But Angels and Demons is just kind of boring nothinginess. I think it suffers Sorry. like Inferno uh, like Da Vinci Code has a lot of the stuff like hidden meanings in paintings and what does the symbol mean i think angels and demons just doesn't have much of that it's a lot more like obviously the ambigrams are a big part of the plot um but i think it's 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 kind of too silly almost whereas the da vinci code is silly of course uh it's it's just 
that step too silly for me to kind of really get into. Um, so that's all the movies this week. Uh, I would say watch more than a manager. I haven't seen it, but it's probably better than the movies I watched. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch anything that Paul watched. No. Um, all right, we can uh, jump in here to the emails. I have one from Scott the Boy McAvoy. He says, uh, I saw on Twitter the other day that Petey Williams was back with Impact. Uh, mm. Impact Wrestling in a jarred memory of three years ago when I saw him wrestle at a local show. And he announced in the ring before the match that he was retiring after this to concentrate on his wrestling school and because of injuries. So I'm thinking that either his school was a failure or he just realized that he couldn't live off what he was making there. Uh, Mark Henry had the best fake retirement without a doubt. But what wrestlers have you seen retire that you either didn't believe were actually going to retire or were disappointed that they didn't stay retired. Personally, watching Abdullah the Butcher waddle to the ring and stand on the outside of the ring because he could barely walk, probably the most disheartening thing I've seen happen to someone as a wrestler. Have a great week, Scott. Thank you very much, Scott, as always. Uh, yeah, Petey Williams, uh, he's been back in Impact for a while. I don't know if, like, I don't know that he's taking indie bookings. Maybe it's just the thing where Impact are kind of giving him a sweet gig because they're based in Canada now and he's in Canada and... You know, they're still doing that thing where you can work for them like two days a month and then be on six months of TV. Um, so maybe he's in that weird kind of semi-retired space. People who I was disappointed to see not stay retired. Well, the obvious one is, is Ric Flair. Um, I didn't need the embarrass yourself, gig your head and get your arse out tour of 2010. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, the funny thing is that was all hilarious stuff. I mean, we had a laugh along the way, but th- it's like he had the greatest retirement of all time, um, uh, and and kind of scuppered it. Uh, I don't know because he's bad at money or because he loves wrestling too much. I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think it's just money. I think he just genuinely likes gigging and getting his arse yeah. <laughs> And, and going to the top rope and getting thrown off. I think he genuinely yeah. likes it. That's, that's generally frowned upon unless you're in a wrestling ring, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know. He's probably been ejected from a Denny's or two over the years. Um, uh, or an IHOB. IHOB. But, uh, but uh, that's, that's got to be the main one. I mean, Terry Funk was like retired before I was even cognizant of, of his existence. So that, that would really be right for me to say. Uh, let me see. I guess it's uh, not a proper official retirement in the same sense, but I would nearly put Undertaker in there, in that same category now, because I feel like he's he's retired, in inverted commas, like two mm. or three times now. Like, he did the hat uh, and coat in the ring at WrestleMania, and then, of course, he came back for the John Cena match, and it does feel a little bit like he's kind of guilty of what Shawn Michaels wouldn't do. To kind of exactly, honor him, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a weird, almost hit a cr- hypocritical, uh, yeah, stance that he's um, taking on it. And it's it's like you say he never like officially retired, but I really wish he did because like they announced he's doing Madison Square Garden in July, which is you know which is not a te- televised thing. So who cares? But like the last few matches have just been. I th- I think we're getting into the the stage now where they they have to definitively announce, you know, this is his last match coming up. Yeah. 
Although I think I think they don't want to do that because I, I, you know it's a rare case of them at least being some people being pragmatic about wrestling retirements. I think they don't want to do that because he has unofficially had a last match several times now, but they know he won't commit to it, so they've never said as such. You know, mm. uh, the Reigns match was the closest they've come to actually saying this is the real deal last match. Um, uh, but I, I think they just and it's like it's got to be. I mean, I don't know this. This is all just speculation. But it has to be him who wants to come back. Right? They, like, because they don't need The Undertaker anymore, you know. Especially with the state of his last few matches. I mean, I don't think, I don't think, I think we're past the point of him being attraction, especially since the streak is over. I think we're past the point even of him being known as, like, the guy who has these great WrestleMania matches. Yeah, that's Like, that if, if you same. think, like, kids who are watching wrestling nowadays aren't maybe even aware of like the Shawn Michaels matches from what's like a decade ago and more now, you know, well, to 2008, 2009. Um, it's like when I started watching wrestling for me to be aware of matches that happened in 1986 and I wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how much Undertaker really means now. Yeah, so that's that's actually pop- that's 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 that might be the best answer I think, even though it's not an official retirement. But um, but yeah, uh, thanks Scott for your question. It was a good question. Um, yeah, uh, that's my my one email. Uh, I have an email as well from El Hijo del Macavoy. By the way, coming up on uh, episode four hundred. Mm. Let's get Scott on for Ooh. that one. Uh, he says. Yeah. Hello, Paul. You mentioned about uh, the recycled storylines that WWE seems to have a problem with, and I agree, but I think the difference between NXT and WWE stories isn't that NXT cycles in new talent. I think it's the fact that they have time to develop long stories, because major, major matches only happen at takeover events. They only happen four times a year, so you have three months of build-up between major matches and feuds. Gargano versus Champ is a perfect example of that. They aren't wrestling each other every week. They barely confront each other uh, each week. On Raw or SmackDown, you have the guys facing each other every week, sometimes twice a week, just to build a story and let, instead of letting it build over time. So that's a good point uh, I think Scott has there. Um, I do think, though, that the, the cycling of talent, not necessarily new talent, but the fact that you don't have people on every week is is what allows them to develop the stories over a longer period of time in the first place. Um, but regardless, I think we're on the same page that NXT is doing it better. As Scott continues, he says, it's been a while since I've thought about it, but what are some of the CSP cast's favorite wrestling feuds? Uh, some of my favorites are a little on the older side, but Chris Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan feud might be the most real feud I've ever seen. Dreamer versus Raven was great because of how long it was and how it built over the years. And Macho Man versus Rick Rude was another great one. Have a great week, Scott. Hmm, what are some of our favorite wrestling feuds? Thank um, you. I <clears throat> pardon me, because <clears throat> uh, it was like the first one of the first ones I recall as a child, but also because I think it stands up as something that's like really kind of like visceral and like hate fueled in a way. A lot of uh, feuds are today. Triple H and Austin, I thought was was um you know. Uh, a, a good old school blood feud, uh, likewise yeah. Steen and Steen and Generico, um, mm. you know, just really, you know, impassioned hatred. Um, uh, Orton and Christian, uh, yeah, yeah, again, 
Underrated. Closer yep. to more of a match series than a feud, but they had some good angles in there as well. The the DQ title switch and the and the other stuff. I thought that was that was good. Um, I kind of wish I had followed the Okada Omega stuff more closely. I haven't even seen all the match. I haven't seen the most recent one. I've only seen the first January fourth one and. What was the the one Omega won? So not the draw, the G one final. I might be getting that confused, but like you know, I've already, like I people just talk. I see people talking all the time about all the, the 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 through line and all the imagery and all the changes and obviously the Golden Lover stuff. I, I I just feel like I'm not getting as much out of those matches because I'm not watching as closely. But I just I just don't follow New Japan as much. But it really seems like they are they are operating on another level in terms of. Uh, uh, long-term storytelling, so that's one I kind of wish I'd followed more. But yeah, those those previous two I mentioned are, or two or three are my my, my standouts. Mm. Mm. Uh, one that comes to mind to me, I'm, I'm just looking at a list here for some ideas, and <laughs> funnily enough, the one that I have in mind isn't even on the list. Um, I would have Mick Foley Triple H from the early two thousands. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. Simply for kind of what that did for Triple H. I mean, I probably one of the best examples of making a star I've maybe ever seen. Uh, and that's that. That's not you know. It was of course not all Foley. I mean, you watch the, especially the Royal Rumble match, and Triple H gives as good as he gets in those matches, and he takes a hell of a beating in those matches. Um. So that would be one for me. Um. Rock, uh, Rock Triple H, of course. Rock Triple H is definitely one favorite for many years. Um, and I tell you, though, their promos were so good. Rock oh, Triple yeah. H, because oh, yeah. they would just back and forth, back and forth, you know, mm, mm. razor sharp. Um, and I mean, uh, probably a bit of a cliched one, but I mean, Austin McMahon. Obviously, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, although I think they bungled that a little bit by doing like the first proper match they had was on the like say Valentine's Day massacre pay per view, which is just kind of a forgettable. Well, yeah, match that had no real stakes to it. Um, but like early on, that stuff was so so white hot, you know. Uh, in more modern times, uh... hmm, no, can't think of any. <laughs> no good feuds in the last twenty years, baby. Sorry. No, I mean, I, not any that I'm coming to mind. The stuff that'll kind of stand out a decade from now, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, How about uh, Beer Money versus the Motor City Machine Guns? Well, that was a a very good series of matches for sure. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's, I like that. Maybe Angle Joe would be the closest I'd get in TNA. Mm. Although that also went in some farcical directions at points that were like, yeah, you know, Joe's. Joe's girlfriend involved at one point or some shit like that. I remember it being ridiculous. Anyway, um, 
Joe, any emails you wanted to? I got an email from Scott McAvoy. He says, good evening, Joe. How long will you continue to watch a TV show once it starts to go bad? You mentioned you were watching season four of a show that was terrible would give season five a chance. I don't remember what that was. Arrested Development, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, I've already watched the season four. Um, so it's more of a rewatch. But I'll watch, I'll, I think I'm just going to skip the rest of season four and jump to season five. Because right. um, I forgot there's all that like Ron Howard stuff in season four with Jason Bateman and stuff. Oh, God. Interminable shit. Um, how far would I go for it? I don't know, because Arrested Development's an unusual one, because that's one of my favourite TV shows of all time. It just so happens that they came back and made a really bad season. Um, normally, I won't stick with a show that I think is terrible for, for that long, unless I've already incredibly invested, like, you know, The Simpsons. I watched that for, mm. God, probably eight years past its prime before finally giving up. Um he also says, I recently tried getting my girlfriend into Altered Carbon. Have you watched it? I really like the show. She's as confused by it as she would be if I tried to explain the reasons why people hate Roman Reigns. Uh, no, I haven't. I think I started watching the first episode, but it didn't quite grab me. So um, I, I, maybe I'll give it another go, but no, I haven't, haven't gotten into that. Uh, do you or any of the crew watch on the Netflix shows a foreign miniseries? I watched most of Dark which was dubbed over German into English, and I really enjoyed the show, but I noticed one thing that really bugged me. At one point, a teenage girl with a jacket on yells up to a house to get a boy's attention, saying that they have to get going to, to school. He says, hang on, Susan. The jacket she's wearing says Catherine on it. Hmm. Not, not very good. Hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Um, he also finishes with saying, by the way, you mentioned that you thought Bart Gunn was most known for being in the team Young young Guns. I think he means smoking guns. I'd say he's best known for being knocked out by Butterbean in a boxing match that didn't last long enough for me to take a piss. Have a great week, Scott. P.S. No Scottish heritage in my bloodline. Half Irish, half German. Mm. But, mm. His, but his, his name is Scott, though. Yeah. Which is surely One a Scottish those. name, isn't it? Yeah. So this isn't adding up. I think we need to see your 23 and me receipts please <laughs> Scott um, by the way sent me as well in a separate email uh, one of his pick three actor game uh, so he sent Jet Li I'm not sure I've ever seen a Jet Li movie weirdly enough uh, Jason Statham and Jackie Chan um Jason Statham. You think so? <laughs> Quite his, yeah. I'm not a big fan of action movies, to be honest. Like, so, yep. Jet Li and Jackie Chan. But Rush, Rush Hour, mate. <laughs> not seen it. Shit, baby. Um, oh, dear. Whereas, of course, Jason Statham was in Snatch. And he was. Collateral. So. And he was in Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, yeah, and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, of course. So he's been in yeah, yeah. quite a few. It is. And expensive as well ones. as all the, as well as all the shite. Uh, in Mean Machine, mm. he was in as well, which I also saw. Yeah, no, me old Juliet. Yes, please. <laughs> um, mm. Jackie Chan has been in 
Uh, all the Rush Hour movies, obviously. Obviously, uh, Kung Fu Panda movies. Actually, all right. Don't at me. Um, he was in Rumble in the Bronx, which I really enjoy. He was in Drunken Master, which I really enjoy. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that he's done quite a lot of voice acting in, well, obviously in Mandarin. But he did mm. the voice of Beast in Beauty and the Beast, the 1991 Disney one. Mm. I did not know that. Um, uh, I'll go Stadium as well, but I think Chan is uh, a close second in, in terms of the movies that I've seen that I've really enjoyed. But then I think he cheated on his wife or something, so he loses points with me for that one. Uh, that's all the emails. So, with that said, we can jump into a bit of, a quick bit of wrestle goff here. We've had a very CM Punk heavy news week. Um, uh, we talked last week, the trial was ongoing himself and Colt Cabana versus Dr. Chris Amon of WWE. Um, and I think more or less our, our conversation at the time kind of summed up what the verdict ended up being. Uh, it seems as though the judge pretty much thought. Uh, not the, the, or the, the ruling was that the um, Amon really did not have much of a case um, against mm. Punk. You know, despite you know, we, I think we talked about this last week. Punk did admit that he did not have an, you know, he was not diagnosed with MRSA, which he said on the podcast and stuff like that. So uh, the ruling is not necessarily that CM Punk was one hundred percent truthful on the podcast, but the, uh, the the this complete lack of damages to 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 Amon means that he really wasn't entitled to anything. So so that was that. So. Um, yeah, life goes on for CM Punk and and, and Colt Cabana, uh, Doctor Amana. He'll he'll just have to suffer through the the, the Twitter abuse, uh, like everyone else, um, uh, uh, and that's that. That's that's. Um, I think that's pretty much the result most people expected. Um, so yeah, yeah. Really I mean, I guess it, it it comes down to the case is all about not proving whether you know punk was telling the truth it all comes down to proving was there actual damages when you when you look at it like that mm. it's pretty pretty frivolous lawsuit really um uh yeah amazing it, it it took so many years and so much money and time and effort but, you know the uh, uh, truth, truth wins out or or something close to it i guess <laughs> right, yeah uh yeah the the, the big i mean i remember because we um had to study like media law and defamation law in college for journalism stuff and the 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 four key factors in a legal sense are like identification he was identified they knew who it was uh publication which is the podcast um uh you know uh, an, an incorrect statement um which could either be on purpose or you know accidentally incorrect information and the, the big one, that they're all equally important, and the fourth one is is a loss of some kind to the person that the statement was about. Mm. Um, the, 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 the X factor here is just that he did not lose his job. I mean, that's it. it it'd be Because there was some speculation that, oh, well, if ever WWE cut him loose, you know, uh, he might struggle to find work outside of there. It's like, well, if some bots, they didn't cut him loose. So, you know, um, so that was that. So, yeah. That's the end of a. I, I couldn't believe it when they said it, but that's the end of a, a three-year uh, uh, odyssey. Obviously, the podcast was four years ago, which also feels crazy. Um, uh, but the, the, the case is, is 
three three or so years at this stage. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that. Uh, CM Punk's good luck stopped there, though, folks, because uh, he had his second UFC fight uh, last weekend mm-hmm. against not that Mike Jackson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty damn horrendous. Um, uh, pretty farcical. Um, uh, Punk lost, obviously, by, by decision. Um, it's pretty funny to me that Dana White made a point to chew out Mike Jackson, um, you know, for, for being so terrible that he didn't finish CM Punk, despite the fact that he really should have been able to, but it's like CM Punk's, the the, the gravy train is going to keep running for CM Punk and he'll fight again. You know, it's like, you're making this big point that this guy couldn't finish this absolute abominable fighter that you've put on television twice. But, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know that he's necessarily going to suffer because he's the, 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 a well-known celeb body of the promoter, you mm. know. Um, but, uh, Paul, did you stay up and watch this live? I, I watched it kind of the next... I stayed up and watched it live because I was not going to miss this historical bout. <laughs> the Ali Fraser of our time, CM Punk. Mike did, you, did, you, did, you think, did you think he had a chance going into it? Yeah, because the guy he was fighting is, is a can basically yeah it could be yeah even like this was like new standards of can this is like mm. worse than way worse than the guy he fought last time but also like way worse than like the people well the guy he fought last time mickey gall he choked out mike jackson in 47 seconds yeah you know so uh, I, I yeah did i think he had a chance sure um, which which is why, in a way, I think that this showing was even worse than the first one because, uh, yeah. you know, in, in the first fight he got taken down immediately and just blitzed and beaten, you know. Whereas this one, we kind of had a chance to see what he had, and aside from one, you know, skin of his teeth takedown that he just about got, he looked so bad. Like there was a point where he. He he wrapped his arm around Jackson's head like he was going to put him in a guillotine. But Jackson is standing straight up. He's not. Jackson's not like bent over. He's standing like straight up in line. So Punk has his elbow still across the back of Jackson's neck, and he kind of jumps up onto him like he's he's now hanging off him. Yeah. Uh, I I I I just had to laugh. I had to laugh because it's so bad. It was um, comical. It was his it, yeah. his strikes were like. Stuff you'd see outside a nightclub at three in the morning. Um, yeah, I don't know. He just, I, I'm stunned that after what, yeah, three years now of training, would you say maybe two and a half, three yeah. years, they yeah. still so poor. And I was watching a, an analysis video of the show, and and the the overall consensus was just like, okay, fair enough that he's. He's not a particularly athletic guy, and he's, you know, <laughs> relatively speaking, he's quite old um, in sport terms. But they're kind of shocked at how poor his, like, his basics were, you know? Like, he, would get, ta- like he would get taken yeah. down and not, like, shoot an underhook to, to get out. He would give up the underhook, in fact, and just lie there on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, the, the, it was just kind of shocking that he's come so... <laughs> little in such a long time, you know that. Ew. 
<laughs> well, his balls are being sucked, Barry. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> for God's sake, oh, is, that, that's, is that legal or not? <laughs> but um, that is legal in the UFC. So when I saw, all I really knew about this Mike Jackson guy was I'd heard that he was like some kind of MMA journalist. So I he's a journalist. Head, he was... he does, in fairness, have uh, I think a four and O amateur boxing record or something. Well, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because uh, all I knew about him was this journalist thing. So I kind of thought maybe it was the same similar situation as Punk, where he was just some you know punter that fancied having a go. But then when when I started watching it and saw that he had a four and O you know boxing record, I was like, oh, he's a- he is actually a fighter. So, well, they have to have fires on it. Like this is on the pay per view, you know. And in fairness, right. this Mike Jackson guy has, like CM Punk, a zero and one MMA professional record. Yeah, and even then, he he completely kind of outshone Punk to the point that even he was kind of taking the piss halfway through it and punching him yeah. without looking and stuff. It was embarrassing. I just like as you said, he he doesn't seem to have learned anything. <laughs> In three years, like people talk about, oh, you know, good on him for doing the training and, and working hard and all that. Has he been doing it? Because it, it doesn't look like he's learned much. He was trying to do those spin kicks that looked like they were in slow motion. Well, he was trying to do leg kicks that he would miss nine out of ten and just do it a little pirouette. Yeah, but like an incredibly slow pirouette. Like if you see a sort of toddler turning around <laughs> incredibly slowly. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, he, he has no athleticism. And, well, I think and, that's the main thing, the athleticism, because you do see yeah. fighters who come from, like, NFL or transition from a sport like that. Mm. And within two years, they're pretty good. Like, you know, I could I could list, like, Brendan Schaub was an NFL player who transitioned to MMA. Um, you have now, what's the guy coming in? Greg, is it Greg Davies or someone? But like it, uh, from, from the in-betweeners, I don't think so. No. Uh, hang on, I need to look this up now. <laughs> Greg D. I know who you. Yeah. Uh, Greg Hardy. Excuse me. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, I remember um, him from Omega. He was great. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, these guys come in, and within two years, they can, they can kind of move well enough. They can hit well enough. And yeah, I don't know. Like CM Punk, after all this time. His his footwork, he, he always looks real awkward, first of all. Um, mm. Which is strange, because footwork is one thing that you think that he has from wrestling, you know? Like, there's the thing that they say in wrestling is you never cross your feet in the ring. You always kind of yeah. su- side saddle. Um, but his footwork is really bad. Like, I remember from the first fight, he kind of just jogged across the ring to the other lad. He didn't kind of have any real footwork to speak of. And in this one as well, he's, he's super flat-footed. And, uh... He wasn't a particularly graceful wrestler, though, was he, to be honest? I that's, mean, that's I the, no. That's the thing. I don't know if you he remember his, his elbow drop, which was looked like, he, he a, wasn't, like a shirt. He wasn't any kind of... He wasn't any kind of, like, high school athlete. Like, he was a skinny nerd who liked wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and then he got into wrestling, and he was... One of the greats of his era, absolutely, but graceful or athletic were absolutely not words you'd use to describe him. Like, and then take take those two things and the fact that he's like incredibly beat up and the fact that he's nearly forty, and it's like even if he's, I I think he is probably in complete seriousness. I think he's totally earnest, and I think he is absolutely trying his best in his training. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's just it's an impossible situation. It's like he he's not living in a shitty Instagram quote. You can't just try hard enough and become good. You know what I mean? It's like you you're old and hurt and you were never an athlete. It's like you just you cannot win a hand to hand fight with a with a professional athlete. You just can't. And the other thing you know, now is is there there is nowhere lower that that he can go with the UFC. Like they've given him, you know, almost legitimately their two worst guys uh mickey gall of course turned out to actually be quite good but like there's no there's no one worse that they can give to him <laughs> you know he's like he started on level one and failed so where does he go from there i mean, I, I mean maybe like maybe they'll i mean i don't think i don't know if like he wants to fight but maybe they'll give him like a commentary gig because the thing is Nah. He loves sports, and he he does like he does really love MMA. Because I remember he's he's one of those people who only got into it a couple of years ago. But like I remember, like when Twitter first kind of became popular, and and he, he one of the things he was always doing is he always watching MMA. Uh, in, in, in between like the other sports he follows, like like I, I maybe if he really wants to have a regular job and UFC wants to milk his name a little bit. They could put him in the video game every year, and they can just put him on commentary. But I don't think like, he has any name in UFC terms. Like, what does he offer on commentary? He's the guy who got smoked twice in a row. I guess. You know what I mean? I like, guess. who could take him seriously, anything he says? And not only that, but I think, to an extent, he's kind of damaged his name as a wrestler as well. I don't think I don't foresee him going back ever to WWE, at least anytime soon, but... I, I don't see him coming in as the if he ever does return coming in as the kind of hot star that he was he he's now kind of the guy who who tried this you know vanity project for years and kind of failed in a failed in a spectacular way you know yeah, <laughs> like I, a miserably I, 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 way I really, I, I really don't have any time for any takes about how much heart he has or gotta commend him for trying it's like no he's like he and Dana White have been buddies for years Dana White knows there's money in A freak shows and B pro wrestling fans in MMA and that's it he's completely embarrassing the fight was completely embarrassing it's like it's like it's it there's nothing commendable about being a rich asshole getting to like getting shoehorned into the main pay-per-view card of of what is supposed to be a sport like it's completely farcical to act like this is any kind of commendable thing he's just a rich jackass okay he's just a rich asshole he's just like like asking his famous mate to let him have a go at his UFC fucking competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, got man. If I if I you know won the lotto and tried to buy my way into the Champions League final, you would go. Well, he's all right. Look at him out there well, uh, yeah. having having a heart attack thirtieth minute on the sideline. <laughs> Fair fucking play to him. He's giving it his all out there. Were you playing for Liverpool in the final? <laughs> he was in goal, I think. But the thi- I think the thing to take from this is I I can see maybe other celebrities or wrestlers or whoever who might have had their eye on it on moving into MMA. Maybe it's just not <laughs> that feasible, especially if you're already over the age of like thirty. You know, uh, do what Dave Batista did: fight in a, a, an amateur competition out in the middle of nowhere against some plumber lad and Dave Batista won his fight and he's got a 1-0 and amateur MMA record and he did it and he could 
Never has to do it again. But he kind of did it. And CM Punk now... It's maybe even a little bit of the... I don't know whether it's a question of ego, but the, like he had, he he almost had to do it in front of the world, you know. Um, and yeah, as we said, he's 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 failed spectacularly. So there you go. Hopefully never that's again. Your, uh, Hopefully never again. That's your your punk guff uh, for the week. Uh, just very quickly here, because me and Paul are gonna wrap up soon because we got we got the final E3 conference. But did anyone watch Omega Okada, the the most recent match? I have not seen it. No, yet. but I've heard it was very good. I've heard it's very good, but again, it, like the previous ones, you have to etch out seventy minutes to to sit down and watch it. So, um, you seen it, Joe? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, we might we might come back to that. We might come back to that. I do want to watch it. Um, I, but I, I heard I all the good things about it, and then I saw the match length, and I was just like, oh, I'm not going to enjoy that. Yeah. It's it's hard to commit to. I I mean I loved the 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 Wrestle Kingdom one. The length, the length does bother me and doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me when I actually sit down to watch it. But it's one of those things where I feel like I have to work up to it. You know what I mean? Like like mm. and 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 it's like okay, I've put an hour aside and I don't want to be bothered by my phone or anything like. You know what I mean? I have to, I have to get in the mood for it. But we'll mm. we might come back to that before we go. Obviously, we did our OTT podcast last week, and and you can check that out. Paul, did you see the? prices for the WrestleRama show before we go. I did. Yeah, I, I think they actually are... they changed mm. since I looked at them. Because when you posted about it, it was not the same prices that I had seen originally. So I'm going to check back now real quick. Were they were they up or down from what you originally saw? They were, they were up from what I would seen. For those of you who don't know, basically, uh, they've announced uh, obviously we talked about the July show previously. Uh, OTT have announced one of their kind of big flagpole flagpole? Uh, flagship <laughs> shows of the year. Um, for, for August, WrestleRama. Uh, the National Stadium is not available, so they're doing the arena on Shore Road, which is their kind of uh, mid, kind of mid-tier venue, approximately 700 seats. So bigger than the Tivoli, smaller than the 2,000-seat stadium. But uh, And this is the weekend of the Rev Pro Summer Sizzler, so educated guessing, I uh, would say there'll be New Japan names on this show. Okay, I see, I see what the, the difference is, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah. On, on my one, it doesn't have the fee... Like the, book, the, the fee, booking okay. fee included, so that's what the difference is. Okay, so actually, this so, is the um, same prices. So this show is likely to have some new Japan names. Also, they announced for July Walter versus Sean Guinness, which I was surprised by. So I would imagine that this show, the August one, will have the Devlin Walter match. Yeah. Um, so they announced the prices for this show. Again, this is this is a snapshot of what life post Tivoli might look like. Uh, Thirty-three euro is general admission. Which is the 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 cheapest ticket you can get? Thirty three euro used to, would get you a seat. At, a seat at um, the Tivoli. It would get you a, 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 one of the one of the great seats in the Tivoli or in the National Stadium. That's what that's slightly better than GA. So that's maybe it's one of the cheaper assigned seats. Would you say in the stadium? Mm, yeah. Um, so you're not you're not quite ringside, but you've got your but you're closer than the than the cheap seats. Uh, and then this I think this is such a flawed system. Forty two euro is also general admission, but you get priority entry. That's not a guaranteed front row. That's not a guaranteed second row. That's not a guaranteed anything. Um, uh, that is, you get in a half hour before everyone else, and so obviously you can then <clears throat> grab a seat, yeah. uh, which absolutely does not work. Because I, as someone who likes to sit close to the ring, always buys a seat for the Tivoli, um, I also like to hang out with my friends before the show and we all like to go as a group and we rarely, you know, we're not, we're not all going to go on there and, and queue at 12 PM to, to, to get a good seat. 
So <sighs> I'm not not loving this setup at all. Um, uh, but I'm also trying to like cut them a little bit of slack because the obvious venue. I don't. I I, I I I'm more sympathetic to the whole. I don't. I don't mind the priority entry system to be honest with you. If if you want to pay, really, well, yeah, like forty two quid for like not even not even a guaranteed you'll be in this section. Literally just forty two quid, and we'll let you show up early and and try and get something good. Yeah. Um, when you know the freaks, uh, and I'm being joking <laughs> about that. <laughs> I, listen, I've I've been a freak. I'm not I'm not being. I'm just saying the the OTT maniacs. People will be there several hours before I would want to be there queuing. You know you know what I mean. I just I I, I just don't. Um, I'm not I'm not huge on that. Now there is a there is a third option which is a 60 euro ticket, which is priority entry for this show and also the following day's contender show, which is a solid value. That's basically 30 euro. Uh, uh, for both shows and its priority, so that that's okay. But again, if you're willing to go to both shows, I am, but not everyone would. Apparently, but, it's uh, funny because if you get the weekender ticket, you get priority yeah. entry over the priority entry tickets. That's so priority yeah. entry is secondary entry, and then general admission is be the the third tier. Uh, yeah. So they they I think they really want people to go to both shows. Obviously, well, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's I, and and as I said, to be fair, obviously I'm I'm complaining about these prices, but like Paul, I I am sympathetic. I think the situation sucks with the venues. We had there was the announcement there last week that Vicker Street is also expanding their um, uh, they're changing their setup, so they're going to go from a, like I guess a seven or eight hundred seat venue to like between one and a half and two thousand or something like that. They're renovating the place, um, uh, which that was not an option for OTT anyway. They said they tried, but they're booked up most Saturdays. But the, the amount of small 500-ish seat venues in Dublin is rapidly declining. Um, uh, and also then you have to factor in rent and availability on Saturdays. It's just, they're in a tough spot. They really are. But uh, yeah, we'll follow up on that uh, as the weeks uh, go by. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for this week's uh, show. Uh, we'll be back next week talking, uh, let me see, might have to be another Monday show because I will be at Contenders next Sunday, so you guys can go ahead without me or we can do a Monday show. Uh, and so we'll be back talking either the final parts of E3, uh, will the World Cup have started by next week? It will have. Um, yeah, England are playing next Monday. So. Okay, so we can uh, we can talk about uh, So we can talk about that next week and also you know, your bits and pieces of emails, wrestle golf, movie golf, all that other stuff. So... Thanks very much for listening, folks. Uh, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, follow Chairshot Pod on Twitter, all that good stuff. Chairshotpodcast.com for the archive. Uh, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. Goodbye from the producer, Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. Goodbye.